0: So we started the 21st body, and that body began by challenging some of the common practices that were about external cleansing. So previously we'd looked at this idea of bap and bun, and about Parihaat Pair Tan about how to clean your body, how to clean your clothes and Guru introduced this idea of how do you clean this idea of sin? Then Pārdi 21 looked at the practices that people were doing to do this. What are the ways that people think that they become pure? Those rituals were Tirat tap, daya, are dan. So pilgrimage, difficult meditations, giving lots in charity, and Guruji clarified that these don't have much value when you compare them with going on an internal journey. We said thoroughly to go in and really look at what you have, what's inside. And when you go within yourself, you find that you are part of this divine creative power. That's yours. That's part of you. No religion can give that to you. No religion can take that away from you. And so your religious priests and religious texts need to be put in context. Why do we place so much attention on them? Why do we give all of our power away to them? They have nothing to give you. The thing that you're looking for is already there within you. Antirgat teerat malnao. So Guruji follows from these ideas. And Guru even talked about within himself, he found this swasta aat bani barmao. Hail the Maya of everything. Hail the created aat bani the creative power and Brahma, the creator. I found all of them within me. And what does it feel like? It feels like Sat, Sada Manachau, this idea of bliss within you, something that's constantly excited and interested, something that is enticing the mind. So Guruji, in the next few lines, carries on this idea of comparing the external value to the internal value. And in the next few lines, we learn quite a lot about the culture that Guru Nanak Ji was facing. The popular culture, the way things were, just the way the world understood the spiritual path. So the lines continue govana sovela vakta kavana kavana thit Kavan var kavana sovela means what vela means moment vela kavana sovela vakta Kavan. The words Vela and Vakt both mean the same thing. They both mean time. One is from the Indian tradition, from North Indian languages. You would call it a Hindu word in those days, Vela. And one is a Persian Farsi word, Vakt. What is that moment? What is that time? Kavan Thit, Kavan var. Thit is in reference to understanding the calendar based on the shape of the moon. We would call that a lunar calendar. A tit used to be when they looked at the phase of the moon. It takes 30 days from the moon to start from a full moon and go all the way around the whole cycle and come back to a full moon again. So they used to calculate the number of days they would say it's the first day from the new moon, the second day, the third day. Fifteen days up to a full moon, and then they would count again. And we know that in the traditional Indian calendar, most ceremonies and important dates were based on tit, were based on the lunar calendar. So what that meant was that the day that you were born, whatever the phase of phase of the moon was at that month, every year your birthday would be on that same phase of the moon. So if you were born on a full moon, then the following year and every year in that same month, whatever the full moon falls on, that's the day that you would celebrate your birthday. And even we see in traditional Sikh calendars, certain Gurpurab, certain dates are being celebrated based on this tit the lunar calendar something to note here in the spelling the word thith is a feminine word so look at the spelling of kavan. kavan at the beginning of the line has an ankar it's masculine Kavan Sovela. vakta kavan that's also masculine that also has an anchor thith because the word tit is feminine, the cavern has also become feminine by removing, by removing the masculine symbol. By removing the ankar, we make the cavern feminine as well. And then the last word is var, which is masculine, so it has an ankar again. So the word cavern, which appears four times in this line, only one time is a feminine word because it's linked to a feminine word. Govern tit Govan var. Var is a day based on the solar calendar. If tit is the calendar based on the moon, var is the calendar and measuring of days based on the sun. And we would call this the Western calendar. This is how we practice our cycles from month to month, year to year. We look at dates based on the sun, and even the days in Punjabi end with the word var. Sonvar, Mangalvar, Budvar. These are var means day, but day specifically based on the solar calendar. But we've come across this word var before, so we need to be careful. By looking at the spelling, we can understand why it's spelt a certain way and what the different spellings mean here the spelling is the top one Var. this is a masculine word and it's a singular word because it has an ankar so in its singular when we're referring to one day it would be spelt like this so Guruji is asking the question what day Gavan var, what day was it the same word if we want to say plural days we spell like this. So when you take the Ankar away, it becomes a plural word. var, without the Ankar. But this word var without the Ankar, also has a different meaning, which means, Vari, Teri Vari, Meri Vari, my turn or your turn. That you spell like this, without the Ankar as well. So without the Ankar, it's, Depending on the context, it could mean day or days, but it can also be the feminine version of this word, which is vari, your turn. And right at the beginning of the Japji Sahab, we saw Socha Sochna hovei je Sochi Lakh Var, a thousand times or a thousand turns. That's this spelling here. So in the feminine form, this word also means turn or times. Soche sochna hovai je sochi lakvar. Because that word var is a feminine word, we take the ankara away. There's another spelling of var with a sihari, and that means to sacrifice. And we saw this as well, varya najava. Varya na java. That varya is this spelling here, var, vary. But that line says, varya na java ekavar. So you have to know the different spellings. So when you see var with a sihari, it means varya, which means to sacrifice. Varya na java ekavar. So what is Guruji asking here? Kavan suvela Vakt kavon, kavon kavon what is that moment? What is that time? What was that lunar phase? Or what was the solar date? The questions continue. Se ruti, ma Jit akar. So far we've looked at the spelling of Kavan as... Govern here. So the word what is always linked to other words. It's not a noun in its own right. So the first couple of words has says govern based on masculine words. Then we saw govern tit where the word tit was feminine, the word govern is also made feminine. Now we see a word, Kavan, with a Sihari. Now, I've tried to do some research on this to understand why Kavan has a Sihari. And some places have said that the word that it's linked to is a feminine word. So here we're saying, Kavan se Ruti. Ruti is a feminine word. But we've already seen how Kavan should be spelt with a feminine word. So far, I'm unable to find why we have this word govern spelt with a sihari. What makes it even more tricky is govern with a sihari appears only once in the whole of Siddhi Guru Granth Sahib here with a sihari. This is the only place where the word govern is spelt with a sihari. So we can't even have any other examples in Guru Granth Sahib to compare it to, to try and learn from, to try and understand. Certainly when you look at old handwritten Granths, in the old days the Guru Granth Sahib used to be written by hand, every Guru Granth Sahib, everywhere that Japji Sahib has been written, the words "Govern" have been spelt in different ways. I've seen the whole thing spelt like this, "Govern" every single time. I've seen Japji sahibs written in handwritten sirups where "govern" is spelt like this every single time. So now you can see over time why the Guru Granth Sahib had to be standardized so that we had one fixed spelling. So in the standardized versions we see that this word here "govern," appears just one time I've tried really hard to figure out why it is but I haven't been able to find it yet. But it just goes to show that although we may understand certain rules of, of grammar, and we can, we can try and understand them. There's so much grammar in Gulgran Sahib. There's so much almost hidden knowledge in there that it takes a lot more research to go and find these things out. And so far none of the authentic sources that talk about Gulgran Sahib, talk about Japji Sahib have been able to give an answer to this so far. What's the word linked to? Kavan se Ruti. Ruti is a feminine word. Ruti means season. And traditionally, in the West, we only talk about four seasons. In India, they talk about six seasons. So the six seasons in India, Basant starts with springtime. Grisham, which is summer. Varsha, which is monsoon, so which is the heavy rains after the summer. Sharad, which is the autumn. Hemant, which is pre-winter. Between autumn and winter, there's another season, pre-winter. Shishir, which is winter. So traditionally, when we talk about ruth, in Indian culture, we're talking about six seasons, not four. So Guruji is asking what is that season? Kavan Siruti. Maha Kavan. The word Ma means month. It's where we get the word Mahina. Mahina in Punjabi means month. Here the word is used Ma. Ma kavan. hoa akar. Now we begin to understand what is the question that Guruji is asking. Kavan Sovela, what was the time? Vakt Kavan, what was that moment? Kavan Thith, what was the lunar phase? What was the solar day? Kavan Var. Kavan Siruti, what was the season? Maha Kavan, what was the month? Jith Hoa Akar, where creation started. Now we have to understand who's asking the question. Is Guru Nanak Dev Ji asking this question? Actually, these are the types of questions that people were debating. And Guru Nanak has already showed that he doesn't have an interest in these sorts of questions. He doesn't see value in trying to answer these questions. But yet these questions keep coming up again and again. Wherever Guru Nanak Dev Ji traveled, the deep philosophers are debating these questions. And we see in different Bani where Guru Ji is being asked these questions, which one is greater Are the Muslims greater? Are the Hindus greater? Who is going to go to heaven? Where is heaven? When did it all begin? Who created the universe? These are the kind of really deep philosophical questions that Guruji is being asked to answer. So these are the common questions that Guruji is facing. This is how Guruji responds. Guru says Jehova Lake Puran, na The time has not been found by the elite Brahmin scholars, the Hindu scholars, the Pandits. Jehovah, if they knew the answer, Lake Puran, there would be a Purana that would have covered this subject. Now, let's look at Indian spiritual scriptures. The parent of all Indian scriptures within the Hindu tradition is the Vedas. And the Vedas have gone into a lot of details. But after that, if questions still arose, there were other grants that came up. You had the Upanishads. They go into different details, more classification, understanding society, understanding law, duties of man, the ways of the universe, the way the stars work. Then even more details in the Puranas. So as time goes on, people have asked more and more deeper questions and more and more grants have been written. This is why we heard a few verses ago, asanka granth. There are countless grants that have tried to describe the universe. So Guruji is saying that there would have been a Puran written on this. There are, I think, 18 Puranas, which have thousands and thousands and thousands of verses, which go into all sorts of details about the universe. But yet there isn't one that pinpoints when does the universe begin. So Guruji is saying if in all of these thousands of texts, they haven't managed to find the answer, then we need to understand that this cannot be obtained. Jehovah, Puran. If there was an answer to this, there would have been a Purana that would have been written about this already. So here Guru Sahib is clarifying that we can never comprehend God. Even the greatest spiritual scholars and the greatest spiritual texts have not been able to pinpoint certain answers. There are certain things that are unknowable And there's something very interesting about this question when you ask the question what day was the universe created that question cannot be answered because in order to answer that question a day would have to have existed what is a day a day is reliant on the earth it's reliant on the sun or the moon so you can never know what day the earth was created or the universe was created because there was no sun or earths or planets to measure those days. All days are measured by these creations. We're talking about the birth of these suns and planets. So the very question being asked to Guru Nanak Dev Ji, Guru Nanak Dev is firing it back to people and say, your question is unanswerable. Even the most Respected spiritual texts have not been able to find the answer to this. payo Kadiya. Guru says that the Hindus have not found it, but the Qazis have also not found it. The Islamic spiritual scholars, they've not found it either. Payo Kadiya. Time has not been understood even by the Qazis. And if they did, Je Quran. If they understood it, if they knew the answer to this question, there would have been something written in the great book of the Qur'an. So if there are certain questions that just cannot be answered by the priests, by the holy texts, Guruji is saying that we need to understand that there are certain things that they can never give us. So we can then ask this question, but isn't the Guru also a holy man? Isn't Guru Nanak Dev Ji also the author of Guru Granth Sahib, another spiritual text? Should we also ignore this text? We have to understand what the Guru is compared to what a Pandit or a scholar is. The Guru is not a priest. The Guru is not a lecturer. You don't get lecturers that say, I don't know the answer. That the subject that I'm talking about cannot be described. The Guru isn't a priest. The Guru isn't a scholar. The Guru is a guide. The Guru is a signpost. What is Guru Nanak? Guru Nanak is someone who himself has gone on that inner journey that he recommends everyone else to go on. Otherwise, why is he a guru? He's gone on that journey and now he's simply offering you signposts how how you can go on your own journey. He wants you to go on this journey. He doesn't want to go on the journey and then just tell you about it. He's not a lecturer. So Guruji, we have to understand why is it something that we can go towards. Now, here's another thing to think about. Where does the Guru exist? In the tradition of the Sikhs, where do we place the Guru? In the Gurdwara. It is not a home for the Guru. It is a door. The Guru doesn't reside there. The Gurdwara is what? It is a door. It is simply an entry point for you to go somewhere further. The Gurdwara isn't a resting place. The Gurdwara isn't the place where all the answers are. The Guru is the Dwara. The Guru is the door. The Guru is showing you the door. You have to step through that door and go into yourself. It's very specific why we have this term Gurdwara. It is a door. The Guru is the door. But you have to step through that door and go into that journey within yourself. The solar phase, the solar day, or the lunar phase, even the yogis don't know. The very deep meditators, even they don't know. Rutma, they don't know the season, they don't know the month. Rutma nakoi. Nakoi means nobody knows. Neither the lunar phase nor the solar day. Neither the yogis know the season, the month, nor anyone. Ja karta ape jane soi. Jaan karta, That creator, that karta. Sirti. Srishti means the universe, the creation. Jaan karta sirti ko that creator who manifested the universe, Ape jane ap, it knows itself. The Guru says no person can know this, only the one knows itself. There's something very interesting here. The Guru is saying that no person can know this, but the universe knows. It implies that the universe is conscious. The universe is alive and it knows. Let's think about how science talks about the universe today. Science believes that anything that is not organic is not alive that only organic things are alive, only plants and animals are alive. Only certain cells are alive. But everything else, a rock, a mountain, the moon, the sun, has no consciousness. But in Eastern traditions, in ancient Indian science, it has always been said that everything is born out of consciousness. The very universe was conscious. Before it created anything, the very universe or the creative source of the universe has always been awake, always been alive, and always been all-knowing. And from that, it created a desire to create the world. So everything that it creates has its own consciousness into it. So one thing to bear in mind here is that the Guru is not being critical of these spiritual texts. Guruji is not putting down these Vedas, these Purans, the Qur'an. Guruji is not putting them down. Because there is a lot of knowledge in these old texts. Let's go to the oldest spiritual texts, the Vedas. One of the oldest ones is called the Rig and it is divided into 10 books. And in the 10th book, it talks about creation. The Rig Ved, book 10, verse 129. This is what it says about creation. There was neither anything nor nothing, no air or no sky. What covered all? What sheltered all? Were there great depths of water? Were there great oceans? No death was then, nor deathlessness, nor change of night and day. The one breathed calmly, self-sustained. Nothing was beyond it. Darkness was there first, concealed in darkness. Everything was in darkness. All that existed was void and formless and an inner passion grew there was this darkness that sat within itself and within it a passion a desire grew within it first rose a desire the primal seed of life the primal seed of spirit the sages who searched their own hearts found this relationship between that which exists and that which doesn't exist the Rig that verse goes on who knows who has ever told when this vast creation arose the same thing that Guru Nanak Dev Ji has said who can know the answer to this no gods had then been born the Vedas are saying there is a time when even Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva weren't existing. No gods were there at that point. So who then knows when it first came into being? They say that some of the oldest grants were written by Brahma, by these the first three deities. But in the Vedas itself it says that there was a time when there was no Brahma. So who was there to write down when the universe was created? When sprang this world, or whether it was created or not, its master in heaven alone knows, or perhaps he knows not. That there is only this oneness that can know the answer, and maybe he doesn't even know the answer, because who can tell? So, very deep messages are there, even in the oldest grants. And the same questions and the same answers are being given. Who knows when this was created? Even before anything was created, there was no one there to write it down. So when Guru Nanak Devji is asked this question, he's also answering in the same way. And Guruji carries on Give kar give salahi, kyon varni, give jana. Give kar How can I speak? Akha, what should I say? What words can I speak? Give Salahi, how can I praise this? How can I give you a praise of this creation when I don't know nothing about your creation? Varni, Varnan means to describe. Give Jana, how can I know? How can I say? How praise, how describe, how know? Where do I begin to describe? What can I know about this creation? All I know is that you are. That's something I can say for certainty that you exist. And this is key. For Guru Nanak and the countless spiritual masters before him God is not a theory, God is not a belief, the existence of God is a fact, they know. We may not be able to know the history of God, we may not be able to know the origin of the universe, but we can know God, we can experience God you can experience God. That is a certainty, that is a science, that is a fact. We talked about consciousness, aliveness. With our own aliveness, we can know the presence of everything being alive. So, we notice that Guruji is using a lot of the same language that we've seen before. There is this kind of Praise that Guruji is doing, where he is praising but he is not praising. He is describing but he acknowledges that he can't describe. In Pauri 16, Guruji talked about the continuous pen. Who can write about this? If somebody can write about it, what would it look like? What would this text look like? Keta taan sohaliyo roop. What great power, what great beauty. Keti daat jane kaon koot. What daat, what abundance the universe has. Who can know how to estimate this? Kita pasao eko The universe spread with one word. Tiste hoy lakh From this one word, hundreds and thousands of rivers formed we talked about all of this in the body and then Guruji how does he end that kahavichar. what can I say about creation what can I say about nature so Guruji is using the same language that he's used before so there's a continuation of the theme so although the Vedas already said that the universe cannot be described we cannot explain the day that the month the season the time that the universe was created, the most authentic Hindu scriptures have said that we can't do it. The later Hindu scriptures have tried to do it, and these are the Purans. So to them, Guruji is saying, sab ko akhe, ikdu iksyana. because if Guruji is being asked the question, "You're a spiritual person. Tell us when the universe was created." And if Guruji re- replies saying it cannot be known, nobody can write it down. Guru is being questioned. Actually, the Puranas have tried to write this down. How can you say that it can't be written down? The Puranas have written these things down. They've tried at least. What does Guruji say to the people who try to write it down? Nanak, akarna Ko akhe. Nanak says, Akhan, People who are talkers. People become talkers and everyone is doing this. sabko Everyone is talking and not only are they talking about creation Ikdu ixiana. Everyone thinks that their description is better than the last person's description. Everyone thinks that their understanding of God is the final and the best understanding of God. Ikdu ixiana. Everyone thinks that they're more smart than the other one. So, Nanak is saying, Nanak, sabko akhe. everyone is talking. Everyone's becoming a talker and a specialist about this subject. And everyone thinks that they're special. Everyone thinks they're cleverer. But what is the real answer? Vada sahib, vadi nai, jakahove. Vada sahib, grand is this master. Vadi nai, and grand is your grandeur. Nai here means your greatness. Vada sahib, nai. Grand is the master. Grand is his greatness. Kita jaka hove. Whatever he does, only that is happening. Grand is the master, grand is its praise, and only what it does happens. Every fool thinks they know something about God, but only the wise man will say, I know nothing about God. So Guru here is saying that only that one great master knows everything, that master does everything. Notice what Guru Nanak Dev Ji's message is here. Guru Nanak's message. "Kita jaaka hoi. You can't calculate it. Everything that is happening is what is meant to happen. This is why right at the beginning of Japji Sahib we said that the taram of Guru Nanak is hukam. Acceptance is Guru Nanak's path. And time and time again, Guru Nanak Dev Ji is bringing this message of acceptance. Right at the first question, Guru Nanak was asked, What is your taram? What is the way of such? Give How do we break our own falsehood? Guru said, hukam razai Walk on the path of hukam. So we must understand that if we want to Follow the hukam of Guru, if we want to follow the path of the Guru, there is only one path, that is accepting the universe at every moment. Trying to figure out the universe is useless. Trying to understand anything about why the universe is doing what it's doing, why is it happening to me? What did I do to deserve this? That is not accepting hukam. Anything where you question what the universe is doing is going against Hukum. If we think of Hukum like flowing with a stream, as soon as we challenge Hukum, we're trying to go upstream. We're trying to swim against the tide, against the current. The only thing that we can do is to be amazed by Hukum itself. By creation itself. You are great, you are grand, your system is great. Whatever you want to do, that's the only thing that is going to happen. Nanak apo gaya Nanak says, if one thinks that they know, going forward. They meet no honor. They get no honor. As soon as you think you know something about God, you've lost it. As soon as you think you know, that point is when you don't know. Who is the one that knows? The only one that can say that I know God is sitting in here, the mind. The mind thinks that they can figure everything else. What is half the world trying to do right now? It's trying to push every single boundary. Where something has been created, the mind is trying to push the boundary. Can I create it faster, smaller, more efficient? If I've gone to the moon, can I find the next planet? We all grew up in school, talking about nine planets, now they're saying, forget it, there aren't nine planets, we found some more. And what we thought was a planet is no longer a planet. They've declassified Pluto as a planet. It's not even a planet anymore. Why? Because they found three more the same size as Pluto. We have 12 in our solar system now. Sciences keep trying to push its boundaries. And who were the scientists that thought there are definitely nine planets? We figured it all out. You don't know anything. So technology, science, even human nature is always trying to do this. Nobody is content within themselves. If one person has done a bungee jump off the highest bridge, somebody else will go and do a bungee jump off a plane. Somebody does it off a building. If somebody skydives from one building, they say, I'm going to go to another building. If somebody builds the highest, tallest structure, someone says, I can do it even further. What do you get? Let's say you build the tallest building. Let's say you jump off from the highest plane. What have you got? Do you get any more contentment? Does contentment come from jumping out of a plane? Does it come from building things faster, smaller? more efficient. Where does it come from? So we have to recognize our mind is always trying to distract us. Our mind always wants to do something further. But real knowledge is to know yourself. And that you can't do with the mind. The mind does not want you to do that. Because that is sitting in meditation and feeling experiencing and there the mind has no use and as soon as you do that the mind starts questioning you why are you doing this waste of time you've done it for 10 minutes now now do something else the mind does not want you to sit and be completely content within yourself but when you sit within yourself you can know God not by the mind, not by reading texts, not by listening to other spiritual people, but by knowing within yourself. This is what Guruji called Manne. The ones who know within themselves, Manne ki gat kahi na jai, Those people you cannot even describe. Esa naam niranjan Hoe. This is how you know what naam is. This is how you know the formless state of God. Jeko man jane man koi. If they know within their own self. So you can experience God. You can know God. But there is only one way to know God, and that is for you to become nothing. You yourself have to say, I am nothing. I'm not even someone worthy of going on this journey. I'm not on this journey. You have to dissolve. By becoming nothing, by becoming nobody, that's how you find God. Within your nothingness, you will find God. And this is the path of Guru Nanak. Accept the universe as it is, To the point at which you are no longer a victim of hukam. You are just another fish swimming along that tide, going along that path.